Hey there, you're listening to Filmed in Canada. It's a podcast about Canadian movies. I'm one of your hosts, William Lee. And I'm Alexander Cairns. If you enjoy what you hear, please go to the iTunes store and leave a review for us. It really helps us um, get noticed. And if you'd like to continue the discussion, you can check out our Facebook page. Just search Filmed in Canada podcast. And you can also reach us by email at filmedincanada at gmail.com. So what are we talking about today there, Butto? Uh, Guy It's the It's a recent movie? Yes. Recently in and departed from Canadian theaters, uh, Indian Horse. Yes. Yeah. Which we did not catch on its initial run. When was that? The film run, or, or even just, just while it was oh, actually being released. That is also true. Yeah. In Cineplex. Yeah. We, we had many opportunities to miss it, and then we finally uh, caught it. Um, At I, the I Rio. Was, uh, yeah. I guess it was like a second run showing. Yeah. Yeah. Which has yet to be saved. The Rio? Yeah. No. For for anyone not in Vancouver, the Rio is a uh, an independently run movie theater that is currently in the process of trying to purchase the land on which it sits so that they can continue to operate forever. And they need to raise a lot of money in order to do so. Is the, do they still have time in their uh, set deadline? Yeah, they've got until the 31st of July. Oh, okay. Uh, RioTheater.ca if you want information on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's generally I'm, I'm supportive. I think it's good for us to have uh, independent uh, entertainment and theater venues in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it seems like they're a profitable business. It's just that... The value of the land as as a residential tower is a lot more than as a two story theater. So, I guess, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I hope that they, they because they operate and there's people with enthusiasm to operate it. I guess it is a um, a viable business, but certainly um, the arts seems to be a way to lose money. Mm-hmm. So, but <laughs> but I, uh, power to them. I hope they can keep going. Yeah. yeah. All right, Indian Horse. This is a movie with a lot of baggage behind it, actually. Yeah. Um, a little bit because of the movie itself, but also just the history that it conjures up. Uh, I feel like I just want to say to our listeners that we're not experts on Canadian history. Right. Um, so whatever. So the things that we're going to uh, talk about in terms of the background for the movie, uh, take it with a grain of salt. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not something that we're experts on. And uh, certainly it's uh, something that you, if you're interested, it's worth um, looking into further. It's... Uh, um, and, and I guess, I guess, like the, the sort of customary thing to do on the internet these days is to give a content warning when there's kind of oh that we might be talking about subjects to be disturbing? yeah um, just more so as it relates to mm-hmm. to like abuse right which is which definitely comes up in this movie so it does yeah, yeah. is it is that a standard thing I, I know that there's um, I think uh, it's becoming more common I know some websites that have you confirmed that you're over eighteen right but um, yeah I'm not talking about that okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, yeah. So for, like for anyone who, who, um, you know, does not want to be re-traumatized at the thought of certain discussions around certain topics, then, you know, maybe, uh, 
catch up with us next week when we talk when we talk about a really gross david cronenberg movie <laughs> yeah that, that's certainly for all ages <laughs> yeah anyway okay um that's fair warning um also we're gonna try to talk about indian horse i guess it officially is released in 2018 it's fairly yeah. new um we're gonna try to talk about it without uh, giving away um plot details so if you haven't seen it which likely most of our listeners haven't because uh, it, it hasn't had a theatrical release outside of canada I, I encourage you to keep listening because we won't give away uh, spoilers for the most part. It, it seems like every time this comes up, I just I still don't know what qualifies as a spoiler. You don't? No. Okay. Because it's like, like we have to talk about like the, what the movie's about. There was a time when professional critics were, were able to write about a movie and give you a sense of what the movie was about without revealing things right um and i think when online critics when everyone decided that they could be a critic and they could get advanced uh screeners of movies i think it was a way to prove that you actually saw the movie by giving away details right and i think that kind of lessened i think it kind of deteriorated deteriorated uh, what's the word i'm looking for it it kind of made the talking about movies uh less about an artful way to talk around a subject and more about an explicit, here's a detail that proves I saw the movie, and I'm right. going to comment on it. Um, I think, uh, for me, a spoiler is something that you were supposed to discover as you're watching the movie. Okay. Does that help? Yes. Do you agree with that? Because um, we, we've also talked before where you said you don't care if you have details ruined for you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. But I also understand that like, that is the exception, not the rule. Like that most people would prefer not to know things about a movie before they see it. My, my girlfriend, for example, the, the moment that she is aware of a certain horror movie, she has to immediately read the entire Wikipedia page. Oh. Or because otherwise, like just the thought of not knowing what it's about is, is even scarier. <laughs> oh, okay. So she'd rather not be surprised if she's going yeah. to that, that type of movie. Yeah. But then she won't, she won't end up seeing the movie necessarily. She doesn't, like, okay. even just, like, if she sees a trailer or something, she, like, needs to <laughs> learn about the whole experience. Okay. So what is this movie about without revealing? Okay. Well, we, well, um, the, on the surface, the narrative is about a boy named uh, Saul Indian Horse. Who's uh, who, who's uh, an indigenous person in Ontario, and is is the time frame of it like the sixties or seventies? I forget. Uh, when that was said exactly. uh, yeah, I, I feel like or I want to no, say 70s. no. I no. I think I'm thinking the younger part is more is is maybe like late fifties, early sixties. Okay. And then by the time that he's an adult, I'm pretty sure it's in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but Saul, as a young boy, is. Um, sent to the Indian residential schools, uh, which was a Government of Canada uh, sanctioned program that was run by the Catholic Church. Yeah, I'm going to say Catholic, yeah. Yeah. Um, But these were um, residential schools where Indigenous children were mandated to attend, and it was essentially forced assimilation into the mainstream culture. Mm -hmm. And Saul takes up hockey while he's at the school, and that is his ticket for getting out, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, he's uh, uh, he's sent to a foster family in a in a small mining town. They're also indigenous people, and uh, he plays on the local hockey team. And then he gets a shot at um, playing for the Maple Leafs. Yes. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, that's kind of the trajectory of the story. 
And uh, is this a good time to talk about the the author, the origins of the story? Sure. I don't know too much about the author, so why don't you tell me? I will try. <laughs> it's uh, it's based on a novel by Richard Wagamese. I I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, so Richard Wagamese um, was a novelist, a journalist, a poet. Uh, Indian Horse is his most popular book, uh, released in 2012, and it won the the Burt Award for First Nations, Métis, and Inuit literature in 2013. Uh, he was a journalist for the Calgary Herald and the first Indigenous person to win the National Newspaper Award in 1991. Uh, Richard Wagamese uh, also wrote for the TV show North of 60, and uh, he lived from uh, 1955 to 2017. And he didn't go to, uh, he wasn't sent to uh, residential school, but mm-hmm. his parents and most of the adults in his life were sent there. Okay. Uh, his mother, aunts, and uncles were survivors of the residential school system. Uh, Richard was separated from his siblings at the age of two and uh, was sent around to foster homes before being adopted at age nine. Um, as he as he tells it, uh, with a family that also wanted him to... Uh, to distance himself from his uh, his uh, home culture, mm. uh, he left that home at sixteen, and uh, um, and and then um, yeah, the, so then he then embarked on his uh, professional career after dealing with his uh, his own problems, alcoholism and substance abuse. Mm. So. Interesting. So the movie version of Indian Horse is uh, directed by S- Stephen Campanelli, who is, who works mostly as a camera operator. And uh, and very notably, he's he's like a regular um, on uh, films of uh, Clint Eastwood. Yes, Dirty Harry. Uh, since Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> I was just calling. Okay, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry. All right, Harry Callahan. Uh, Indian Horses is is uh, Stephen Campanelli's second feature. He's also directed for television. Uh, Paradise Inc. was that show, um, and the screenplay is by Dennis Foon. Um, who originally is from Detroit, but he's um, he's a novelist, playwright, producer, screenwriter. He also co-wrote Long Life, Happiness, and Prosperity in 2002, which was a Mina Shum movie. Oh, nice Canadian connection. But he's but he's Lots. from he's American. He's American originally. Okay. Yeah. And but, Campanelli uh, is he? Campanelli is um, his family's from Italy, and he grew up in Montreal. Montreal. Cool. And uh, and a final, well, not final, but one more Canadian connection. So Indian Horse was supposed to be produced for airing on television on uh, on Canada's Super Channel. Yep. But uh, but Super Channel declared bankruptcy in 2016. And I declare bankruptcy. That's how they do it. That's I think that is what they call a verbal press release. <laughs> or just a release. It's from the office. <laughs> Michael Scott Runs out of money. Okay. <laughs> he just he just declares <laughs> bankruptcy and is told that he needs to do more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Super, Super Channel declared bankruptcy in 2016. But incidentally, at uh, Vancouver International Film Festival 2017, it Indian Horse wins the Super Channel People's Choice Award. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Okay, let's let's say it is, or not. Wait, so how does that even make sense? They, they, uh, the Super Channel would have been the sponsor. So they declared um, bankruptcy, but but they they're still operating as a television channel. Uh, I don't know for sure, right? But I guess they probably 
put in their sponsorship money before they declare bankruptcy. Right. Yeah. So the the award was still named after. It sounds them. like it's one of those things where like they declare bankruptcy and then but then like restructure and likely. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. we don't need to get into that. Okay, so there's a lot of so there's a lot of background on the uh, on the uh, leading yes. up to the making of the Now, movie. I have a question for you. All right. Is this is all of this background a result of a uh, a certain Actually, it's the onla- online interaction that we had with with uh, an individual who may or may not have been Art Hindle. Oh, no, not directly. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I'm aware of that. I, that's on my mind, but I mean, it's a little bit on my mind. But right. no, that's not. It's not a direct result. I um, kind of for for anyone who's not who's not up on our social media beefs, which is literally everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> those are about those are about eight people who are up on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> there was a Twitter account that that purported to be Art Hindle. I I hold that it is a fake account. Okay, but. Um, was not happy with ours and Darren Gay's take on um, Face Off, and as a result, uh, called us out for quote being boring and uh, not, not well researched. researched. Yeah, so right. I thought I figured that might be where I was coming from, but it seems like no, you're just no, you're just and doing your took, thing. And that took like ten minutes, so it it takes up a lot of talk time. No, to I know. Do all that stuff. Know. And you know, you could if you're at a computer and you have. You can you can go to Wikipedia. You can find the same information that I just read to you. Yeah, yeah. Although um, although I do appreciate that you are able to tie in those Canadian connections. Well, we it's kind have, of the theme have, of the show. We should have some theme music for that, like a just like a like a swipe of a hockey stick or something. Every time there's a Canadian connection, like it would be like something like that, or just like some kind of sound. Goal. No, that's more ho- that's more soccer. Oh, like the foghorn. Yeah, that they play. That they, 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 yeah. Maybe. Now that's okay. So that's a lot of background that I usually look up for a movie in preparation for the show. Except, yeah. it's a, we just never usually get time to talk about it, talk right. about that, those details because right. they're not that exciting. Yeah, and it's not it's not always pertinent to your whether you enjoy a movie or not. Yeah. So that's so that's why Art Hindle. Sometimes it's not necessary to talk about the research behind a movie if you if you just want to react to a movie. Yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of felt like I wanted to do some research because because uh, my wife asked me after we watched the movie. My wife asked, "Was that a true story?" Right. Because it kind of felt like a true story, right. or it felt like it came from a true place. Yeah. But it's actually a fiction. Right. Which doesn't diminish the power of it. Yeah, but but I mean, like it's it's certainly it's certainly based in a, a level of reality. It's it's not specific to one individual's story, but it certainly tells the story of many people that went through this system. And I and I don't I don't think that it it, it doesn't seem like anything that happens in the movie is completely outlandish or or embellished. No, it doesn't seem sensational at all. Yeah. which is why I I also felt like it, it it felt like someone's own story. Yeah. Um. Uh. So that's kind of what led me to do uh, find out what uh, the author was about. Right. It also led me to look up a little bit of the history on the Canadian uh, Indian residential school system, right? Um, which uh, I think for people outside of Canada, they might, or, or even in Canada, it might be a thing that is um, a very kind of faint history that you're not quite aware of. Yeah. Um, and in the um, in the opening of the movie, there's a little bit of background about it. Um, but Alexander, were you um, like what's what's your what's your level of knowledge about that system about the residential um, school system i mean i guess just just having kind of the understanding of like i guess just some politics podcasts that i listen to or or things like that like it, it seems like there's been a fair amount of discussion around it as of late just given the the current 
liberal government's push for this Truth and Reconciliation Commission and just sort of speaking a lot of words around these issues. I don't know how how successfully they're actually addressing them, but um, uh, yeah, I guess so. I've 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 been able to absorb a, a certain you know modicum of of information as a result of that, but um, I guess the the extent of the of the mistreatment and the the abuse that was going on was not really clear in my mind until until seeing this movie. I, in fact, in fact, I can I can recall a conversation that I had. I, I can't remember how it came up. Um, but I was speaking with an individual and I don't know, maybe it was just a news article that I had read or something. And I got into a conversation with this person about these residential schools. And his comment was kind of like, he's an older gentleman and he's, he's kind of like, you know, well, like, like I got, I got hit with a ruler when I was in school. Like, what's the big fucking deal? And <laughs> watching this movie, it's like, there's just such a clear distinction between like corporal punishment and like the deep seated abuse that was going on in these systems and not to say that not to say that non-indigenous children aren't also subjected to to that level of abuse but certainly not on the scale that it was happening and and just the and just the pure dehumanization that's going on within these schools yeah you, you wouldn't have seen that in a catholic school with all white kids 50 years ago or 60 years ago I'm pretty sure. When you talk about the scale of it, that is something that, even knowing a little bit of, about the history of, of that school system, when the opening titles um, started up and and it said, like, this is a system that was in operation for over 100 years, I was I was just really, just kind of aghast. Like, yeah. is it, was it really that long? Yeah. You know, it just, sometimes the numbers, they just are, they become abstract when they're so huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, it was a system that, was in operation from 1884 to 1996, where uh, uh, Indigenous children from uh, 7 to 16 were mandated to be um, uh, to be removed from their families to attend these schools. Um, and it was estimated that 30% of the population, the Indigenous population, um, was caught up in the schools. So that's about uh, 150,000 children. Sorry, when you say 30%, how does how is that measured? Because it's across such a large time scale. Like just, just like 30% of the total population from... At X year to X year? Yeah, I can't really answer that. Yeah. Um, just going off in numbers from the Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. Um, there's not real, There's not much nuance in, in, in that kind of, in that number. To my mind, it seems like an average. Like yeah. If, if, if it was in operation and they could round up 30% of the children. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that it, was, at the end of the day, it communicates that it was, it was pervasive and yeah. very damaging to a, a large population of people, so yes. that, that's the main thing. So, I, I, like, that's why I'm saying I don't want to dwell on it because that's just my brain wanting to pick things apart. But, uh, but, but I think it's good. I think it's healthy yeah. to uh, ask for specifics. But yeah. we don't have time to get into it here. Right. So, certainly, um, yeah, look up uh, some more of the history if mm-hmm. uh, if you care to. And uh, I'm not I'm not saying just to you, Alexander, but to anybody. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah I think we could all uh, be enlightened by uh, having some more. Uh, more knowledge about things and facts. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about how currently in the, the, the liberal federal government um, uh, has it on, they, that they are vocal about addressing this issue. Um, I'll remind you that it was in 2008 under the conservative government's reign. Uh, Stephen Harper, prime minister at that time, uh, issued a public apology in, in the House of Commons. Mm. So, um, and that same year, two thousand eight, was when the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was um, was started to investigate and uh, record testimony 
uh, relating to the history of the residential school system. Mm. That uh, commission concluded in 2015, and uh, and they said that the system amounted to cultural genocide. Yeah. So okay. So we're well twenty minutes at least into this thing, and yeah. we haven't talked about the movie, but we've talked about like the background of the movie. Yep. Thanks for bearing with us. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like it just seemed like we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't just dive into it without context, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope that's all right. Yeah. Oh, I, I also wanted to say because uh, I asked you like what was your knowledge of of the history of it. Yeah. Um, where I work, our employer actually. Um, has uh, has it required that um, that staff attend workshops to learn about the history of the residential school system? Oh, okay. So I I, I did get a little bit more exposed to it um, in terms of hearing an indigenous uh, person talk about its impact on him and his family. Right. So um, that also added to uh, my knowledge about the situation. But still, when I saw the movie, it it really gave it a different context and understanding for me yeah. so I, I think in terms of how movies bring history alive I, I think that's something that this that this film does quite successfully yeah um, and I guess I guess I wanted to um, I, I also I just wanted to clarify before we um, before we really jump into the movie that I guess like with with a movie like this it feels like talking about it in the way that we normally do as just as a movie and as a narrative and as as a piece of art and a piece of cinema like that that kind of discussion might might get muddled with the discussion of kind of what the system represents and so it's kind of like if say 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 one or both of us have a disparaging remark about the movie um we might come off as insensitive yeah but but i guess i don't i don't it's just something that i that i I don't necessarily. I, I feel. I feel sort of trepidatious going into this oh, okay. conversation. I guess um, um, because because I, ultimately I feel like I feel like regardless of the quality of the movie, or maybe not regardless of the quality of the movie, but um, if 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 the movie sort of achieves a certain standard, that maybe like that's sort of good enough, just in order to get this out into the world and get more people seeing it and talking about it and um, addressing these issues in a different way than just. Um, than just kind of getting it secondhand through these politicians talking about it or whatever. So okay. it's valuable, but but like ultimately, we I feel like we still need to talk about it as a movie. Right, Alexander. I think um, we're, we are going to talk about it as a movie. So it doesn't mean if 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 we see a fault in the movie or or something that the movie does really well. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean like the. It's not a remark on the history or how we treat the history. It's yeah. it's just about the way it's represented in the movie. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why. Um, when I when I saw that it was actually intended for television, it for me it answered a little bit of the questions I had about the production value, right? Because um, it does seem a little bit TV movie ish, yeah. at times, yeah. And um, so like, I, I think there's something I expect if I'm watching it on the CBC versus if I go to see a historical epic in the in theaters, right? There's a, there's a different standard, so um, that's also something to be bridged. So I guess just in terms of how the story is presented, there are three main sections, I guess you would say, um, following Saul's life at three stages of his of his growth, I guess you would say, um, once when he's 6, 15, and 22. And so the first stage kind of, he's he's brought into this system, he's 
exposed to a very different way of living, I guess you would say. Um, but he finds a, an escape, I guess, in, in the game of hockey and, um, and in a, uh, a particular teacher slash priest's um, willingness to sort of take him under his wing and, and support him and, and get him on the hockey team when he's, uh, you know, underage and um, really foster his, his growth in that way, which is sort of in contrast to the way that, that some of the other children are treated in the school in, uh, in, in the way that they're, you know, thrown in cages and abused and, and not allowed to kind of behave in, in the way that they want to. I guess the one image that's coming up in my mind right now is of the, uh, I believe their sisters, that uh, the younger one is, is constantly wanting to, to uh, hold on to her older sister. And um, I'm not remembering the reason for why that is uh, looked down upon by these... Um, I don't think they give you a reason other than like the nun, the head nun she, will, she, will say she, that you're she weak. She says she's yeah, like just that, just that if you need to hold on to someone, it means you're weak or whatever, as opposed to yeah. you know intimacy being a way to actually build strength. <laughs> well, I think they were. I, I think that whole section though was was trying to say that the people running the school wanted these children to find their strength in God. Right. And, and if they cling to each other or if they cling to their family heritage, it was an affront to God. Right. But the way that they go about that is just like beyond inhumane and, and doesn't accomplish what they set out and, and just leads to God knows, but like, or maybe not God, but someone knows. Um, it's a very tragic situation. Yeah. yeah. Did you think it was handled? Do you think this was that section of the movie was sensationalistic? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess it would depend on whether or not that that stuff happened. Yeah. But just in in the way that it's presented, or um, went, the way it's presented. Well, I mean, when I whenever I see Catholic boarding schools in movies, they they do seem like really cruel. In from my from my perspective, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I haven't attended a Catholic boarding school. Right. Um, I think I think Catholic, uh, the administrators, the representatives of, of of the Catholic faith, are often portrayed as like very strict um, disciplinarians who are borderline cruel. Yeah. Right. So my 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 knowledge of Catholicism from the movies supports that. But I right. don't have any personal knowledge to say whether that's um, an exaggeration or not. Right. It did seem like this section of the movie was almost, uh, can I say Dickensian? Okay. Because it's, 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 it's little children in really awful situations. Yeah. Right. So if you had told me it was, it was taking place in the 1850s, I wouldn't have been surprised. Right. But um i think i think that's the point of that se- that section of the movie is yeah. is just like it is it's just appallingly terrible for these children yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's a lot to it's a lot to put on young actors i feel like to be like to have to like just uh, like i'm just thinking of of that scene in in the cages like like of course they're like hopefully creating a like a, a you know a, a calm and and supportive environment on the set of the movie but it still just feels like like is it is it worth it to portray these things if you have to like actually like put kids through them 
through that in in a, in a fake way or like are, are they I, I don't know I guess I just I don't get a sense of what what sort of impact that would have on a on a child actor even even just to like should a should an eight-year-old be thinking about suicide like how is that handled in on the set of a movie and like do they have like psychological consultants and people talking to them about giving them context about what this is and what that is and like I, I don't know it's just a weird thing do you think it's, do you think it's, it's exploited I don't know I, 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 um, but if you but take a movie like Schindler's List, yeah, right. Uh, there's uh, there's a long sequence where young children are in jeopardy, and and then some of them go through go to extremes to hide from the Nazis. Do you, right. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay. Well, um, well, some of them like they they jump in the latrine to hide. Right. Right. Um, but I, I I trust that on the set it's not actually filled with shit and piss. But yeah, uh, I'm yeah. It's uh, I assume that I assume that there's people supervising the activity and and the children know that they're acting. Right. right. Yeah. But I guess I guess like just the subject matter. Like I I feel like there needs to be some some care given to. Like how those subject matters are discussed and presented to these kids, or like, I don't know the the, the method of creating the movie. Yeah, uh, it looked like the cast was um, was all indigenous um, actors. Yeah, right. I feel I, like I, I feel like it would be just a terrible decision. Terrible, terrible decision a, to, did, to not they do did that. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's it is a part of their history. Yeah, um, and I, I assume like their that their parents felt it was important for them to be involved because they're telling their story. Mm-hmm. Um, when you tell your story of hurtful history, um, I, I guess there's things that you just you can't shy away from. Right. So Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm just concerned for the kids, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where the um, police or um, whoever government officials like drag Saul away from, yeah. from the, river, the riverbank there, right? Um, it's, it struck me how they just seem very impersonal like they, they seem like automatons like the authority figures the white authority figures in the movie um are robots and um on the one hand i can understand that it's um from saul's perspective that that they're just these boogeymen that that drag him away from his culture mm-hmm. um I, I think that makes sense but do you, do you think it opens up um a line of criticism where the white culture isn't portrayed with enough sympathy um or even just to make them human Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't it like like to me it seems like it's more important to follow Saul's story, I guess. That yeah, that wasn't something that that kind of it wasn't on your mind at that the time. That stuck out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said I, that, well, I, I'll, like I think I think um I mean there, there's a, there's a few scenes where where you get you get some some nuance given to at least the two priests and then and and the one nun is just kind of like no she's just evil mm-hmm. but the the sort of the headmaster or whatever you want to call him the 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 head of the school um yeah played by michael murphy who i was sure until the credits was james woods <laughs> <laughs> okay which I, I don't know what that is but um i was happy to see that it was not james woods um because his personal life has kind of taken a turn for the worse as of yeah, late. Yeah. I know, I, I realized that after we recorded on Videodrome and we said like, yeah, James Woods, he's a quality actor. And then <laughs> just, no, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, father Quinning. Quinny? Yeah. That's who he was. And then the, the younger father, uh, Father Gaston, is played by Michael Hausman. 
from Game of Thrones. And Treme. Oh, okay. And The Invitation, which is a really good movie. Have you seen The Invitation? I haven't, no. It's really fucking good. Okay. Yeah. He plays a total creep, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a limited number of. They're given white some level of are, humanity. Well, or, or personality. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. You want to talk about hockey? Yes. Okay. So, uh, did you think hockey would play a bigger part in the movie? Based a on bigger part, yeah. Based on like the, um, the, the like the marketing around it. Yeah, I guess maybe not. No, no, I don't think it's, it was a good solid amount of hockey. Okay, right. yeah. I thought it was more about hockey, but yeah. it was. It's kind of just the middle section. The second act is about hockey. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the hockey scenes were pretty well staged. Yeah, he does that little trick where he 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 goes around the back of the net and then he does like a he does a spin and. And flicks the puck and stuff. I thought, oh, yeah, wow, yeah. That's, a, that's a good trick, and they do it enough times so it looks like his signature move, and I, yeah. I enjoyed that. So they took time to to like do some hockey scenes, which yeah, were yeah. quality. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that like that section is interesting just for how like it shows that there was a way out of this mm-hmm. whole scenario, which I which I wouldn't have expected. I would have just thought like, okay, you're in and you're out at 18 or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought I thought the uh, that that those scenes came across well and and just the the like i guess giving giving a different perspective on how on how indigenous people are were were treated in the society so you've got the extreme of of just ultimate depravity or whatever you want to call it in these in these schools but then you've also just got the i wouldn't even necessarily call it a microaggression when you've got people like throwing things at you on a hockey rink like the, the, it's open racist taunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know when they when they get to the bar and they're just you know your, your kind isn't welcome here that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they get into the fight with these guys. Well, it's not really a fight. It's just a you know seven on one beatdown. Mm-hmm. Um, just just seeing how pervasive mm-hmm. the mistreatment of of an entire or not even an entire culture of people, but a, an entire. Um, like an entire collection of cultures of people, because of course it's not just one. No, but that, but that, but that mainstream culture wouldn't have made that distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sequence of this of the movie, I, I thought it was really good in how it was building up this uh, this frustration in Saul. Mm-hmm. And I, I, um, so that when he when he finally loses on the ice, uh, I mean, I was both. I was both relieved and shocked um, by by what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was it was still kind of disturbing, but I was um, but I was kind of cheering for Saul to like get it out of him. Yeah, uh, like when he when he just like beats up that other player. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, like it like it it sort of it feels like it's giving you this hope that okay, he's got a way out of this situation, and it's and you know he's going to be like going back to face off that we talked about recently. Um, there was the um, the 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 Leafs player that just went by the chief in that movie. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, he who was the captain of the Leafs. Like like you you think like oh okay like this guy's gonna get out he's gonna have this great career in the NHL and everything's gonna be great and and it's kind of leading you in that direction until there's that turning point of of you know yeah. he can't he can't let go of his anger and he has to. He has to take it out on someone, and it has to happen on the ice, and and he and he and he has to give up and and go in this other direction. Um, I also like how his way out is 
is to live with his, with other people in the indigenous culture. He's not being sponsored by like a, a white foster family to right. get out of the out of the uh, residential school. Yes, yeah. he's, he's going to live with uh, uh, another family, and mm-hmm. um, and it's not until like he has a chance to play with the Leafs that then then um, Martin Donovan's character says, "You can live in my house," but not because yeah. not because I'm being um, charitable to you. It's because like all my prospects, they can have a room in my place. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I like that he was kind of Saul was kind of getting out of there uh, with the help of his of his own people mm-hmm. rather than charity from white people. Um, yeah. So, um, you know that's a, a well, and 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 the charity from the white people mainly Martin Donovan trying to nurture him into this into this um, NHL career. You know he just he just feels like oh you know I've got these good intentions and like I've 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 been through this before with other people like you or whatever like all of those all of those those things kind of coming coming from his perspective there you know it's just I'm trying to help you I I want you to have a better life all of these things but but he doesn't he doesn't have the compassion to 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 really try and understand what Saul has been through and and try and help him work past those things he just he just sees Saul kind of go towards his anger and 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 more or less gives up on him like he doesn't because he if he if he truly cared about him you know once once Saul makes the decision to 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 leave to 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 not go on that trajectory toward the Leafs you know maybe the coach still tries to tries to support him in some way and and prevent him from from going down this this path of alcoholism and mm-hmm. and um, self-inflicted abuse kind of thing mm-hmm. It, when when he makes that decision, Saul makes that decision. Um, the movie kind of moves really fast. The narrative yeah. moves fast, and I think is I wonder if if that for me that was a problem with the movie, and I wonder if you feel the same way. Yeah. Um, before I get there, though, um, just with his with Saul's interaction with his other teammates uh, on the Moose team. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised how they depicted the the camaraderie in the team. And and the way that they kind of turn the other cheek. No, maybe that's not the way. Maybe that's not the right way to phrase it. But when when the team takes abuse from uh, from the white teams or or from uh, the, the white people in the bar, they just have they have there's a there's a sense of resignation with them. Like they get this all the time. Yeah. And they know how to take it. Yeah. And they're very protective of Saul. Right. Um, and when Saul says, like, I don't want to, I don't want to leave you guys, they're like, get the fuck out of here. You, this is, you have to take a shot and get yeah. out of here. And I, I, th- I think it was just interesting how the whole community is based around, um, we, we have to, if, if one of us, if one can get out of here, and yeah. I feel, I, I feel a bit self-conscious saying one of us. <laughs> right. I'm talking like from. But the, yeah, that, that's how they that's how they yeah. phrase it. I, I'm, I'm talking about yeah. Um, yeah. The, the team's attitude, not my yeah, attitude toward yeah. uh, uh, relating with the characters. Right. But yeah, the team is saying uh, one of us has to get out of this situation. Yeah. And, and so they're they're very supportive of Saul uh, rather than being like, oh, it should have been me. Right? Yeah. Because I, I was expecting that um, like that older son in the in the family would have been a bit jealous. Yeah. But he's not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, it's, it, the storytelling is very much about this community that's trying to heal itself and support itself. Yeah. So um, very positive message. Yeah. yeah. So so this uh, so the third act of the movie is is that where you have the most problems with it? Yes. Yeah. Me too. Definitely. Yeah. 
um, it really picks up speed because we have the adults all um, giving into substance abuse, um, and that leads to him trying to um, uh, reflect on his on his history and uh, and rediscover who he is, and and he um, and he goes back to to visit his. Um, uh, kind of retracing his steps from when he was separated from his family to uh, to the residential school. Yeah, and and I, well, I guess it's sort of it's sort of kickstarted by um, the visit of uh, Father Gaston. Father Gaston, yeah. And actually, I wanted to I wanted to take a step back. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we've we've done a good job of of naming all of the all of the non-indigenous actors <laughs> but not not the uh not the actors that are actually the focus of the movie which i guess the three the three people playing Saul um who are uh, Sladen Peltier uh, as 6-year-old Saul, Force Goodluck as 15-year-old Saul and uh, Force Goodluck who was in um The Revenant mm. um and um and also has a starring role in um, in Desiree Akavan's upcoming movie from this year with um, with Chloe Grace Moretz, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which is sort of a, a coming of age lesbian drama about gay conversion therapy. So he's in that movie, and um, uh, I'm gonna say Ajuwak Kapashasit as 22 year old Saul. Um, so yeah, I just. I just before we go on, I, I want to give um, recognition to their uh, their efforts in said movie. Um, well, well, we should. Thanks for thanks for uh, catching that. So yeah, it's it th- like that that whole downward spiral is 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 triggered by this this visit from Father Gaston, um, and I guess that that exchange is. Um, there's there's you can you can sense that there's some some pain there and you know you're you're thinking I like I, myself when I was watching it I'm thinking to myself is it just is it just that Saul was um you know not wanting to not wanting to go back there in his mind um just he'd moved on from this residential school and and so this person is a reminder of that or was there something or, or was there something more that that had happened between them and so it's just it's just kind of a strange scene because there's 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 this there's this weight that you feel between it but you don't really know why exactly um and then as you say Saul goes on this on this sort of uh journey of retracing his steps and um through that i guess you know certain he he comes to a a revelation um but i guess i guess i question whether whether it's the movie wanting the viewer to come to a, a certain revelation at a certain point in the movie, or whether it's genuinely the character coming to that revelation at a later point in life, mm-hmm. um, and so that's really where where my main issue with the movie is, in in that I feel like how he comes to to kind of revisit his past is 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 just handled quite poorly, mm-hmm. and um, in a way that. Um, that feels kind of manipulative and and um, contrary to what I what I thought the movie was trying to accomplish, which which is to to kind of tell the story of, of this pain and 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 it just kind of gets muddled in in this in this this final moment and and the movie kind of ends very abruptly after mm-hmm. after experiencing this revelation. Yeah, 
Um, now again, we're we're talking about the way the movie does it. Yeah, I don't know how the book does it. Right, and for sure, people, real people, have an experience where they have a trauma in their past, and their brain kind of locks it away so they don't have to deal with it. So yeah, those are real things. Yeah, okay. but um, I really think it's cheap in a movie when they hold information until the end and yeah. they reveal it in a flashback. Yeah. And, and and that's supposed to explain everything. Yeah. I, I really dislike that technique. Yeah. Because because ultimately if 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 it is a situation where Saul was suppressing a memory of some traumatic experience, the movie should the movie and the screenwriter should do the work of building that revelation into the script, not just not just showing an image on screen. Mm-hmm. Because because then it just becomes a revelation for the viewer. It's not a revelation for for the, for the individual because they're not actually, you know, engaging with a therapist or, um, you know, just talking to a family member or or confronting the person who was involved in this mm-hmm. in this experience. They're and, and they're not doing anything to actually address that 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 trauma in their present life. They're just. It's just it's just a flashback, and then and then you're back in the present, yeah. and so and so it's it yeah it really is just a narrative device yeah. to withhold information until until it's convenient until, until, for the, until they for them want to reveal it. they want to to reveal it, and and I, f- I I feel like even even like I just don't I don't understand why this revelation is is withheld because I feel like I feel like there's so much more there's so much more impact and uh, understanding. If you have that information upfront, I, I agree. I, I think that the the character of Saul is dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah, and and as I'm watching him uh, develop in the movie, I I feel like I know what he's dealing with. So for them to add this as another thing, um, I thought was was not fair in terms of uh, the characterization of, of of building sympathy for this character. Right, right, because that was not something I thought he had to deal with. I thought he had enough to deal with, but then they say like what he's really dealing with is this thing, and that I think is just not fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you know that he's dealing with that thing up front, then like it makes so much more sense why he's struggling to to achieve the success that he's told that he can achieve because of his natural ability and his and his diligence and his his practice that he puts in and all of this effort that he puts into hockey mm-hmm. um, is lost because. Because he's not able to overcome this trauma and mm-hmm. and you know the the anger that it causes him yeah. and, all, and all that. Like I feel like knowing that information is so much more important to 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 be able to sympathize and understand why he's going through it. Because otherwise, the I, I, the, the the thought that I had after the fact is that some people could see this movie and like like if you turned it off five minutes before the end, you could think like, oh, it's just some lazy motherfucker that like didn't want to live up to his, to his true, to his potential. Like, you know, he's just a fucking drunk. Like, like that's, that's ultimately the attitude that you could have with, with, without having this information up front. Mm -hmm. And, and I just don't, I don't, I don't like that. It would, it would make your, your, your thought process go, go in that direction. And, and of course that, that thought process is, is ingrained in so many people because of, because of just cultural bias and stereotyping and, and all of these all of these negative aspects of how mainly white culture has has kind of mythologized and thought about indigenous cultures but um, I think the the who, who's the actor in the third section who plays the adult song uh, Ad, Adjuak Kap, 
Kapashisit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just don't think that he's given a chance to really flesh out his character. Yeah. Because it's the plot is in such a rush when we get to the third act. Yeah. That all we see is him in the dumps as uh, as uh, as an alcoholic, and then he's in the hospital. The character just doesn't get enough in the third act, and I think that's unfortunate because I, I kind of wanted that to be. Um, uh, like like this revelation that really forms a part of what Saul is dealing with. That is kind of a main part of his psyche. And I think his, Saul as an, as an adult is a huge part of the story, is how does how does the adult come to grips with what has happened to his in his past? How does he become a healthy adult? And yeah. that's what's... Uh, and it literally ends before yeah. any of that can happen. But but it's just assumed that he he will be healed because... Like he goes back to where he grew up, and that's just not how trauma works. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it's just like it takes so much more work than that. Yeah, um, which, which it's one of those things that uh, the third act is one of those things that really for me when I was watching it, I thought like this feels like a TV movie where it just they've covered all the points and that's enough. They don't have to actually make um, make a statement to wrap up what the experience was or to have something uh, else grow from it. It's mm-hmm. enough that they that they said A to B to C and uh, you make and you make it up you make up the rest in your mind. Yeah, we've done our work, and I think that's where like the the writing and the direction kind of um, falls short for yeah. what the story should have been. Yeah, um, but I don't I don't know how that compares to the book, so uh, I'm not right. sure if that's just what they were working with. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I think that like like this is exactly what I was talking about in terms of, um, like understanding that this is an important movie to have been made, but having some reservations in how it was made and how it's presented. And I mean, like, like, and, and this is just making me think right now as well, like having a non-Indigenous director making it, like, is there some level of, there, there, there's a disconnectedness there that could cause someone to, to not really understand why it's kind of almost unethical in a way to, to present the movie in the way that it is. I and I, that, I, think, I don't think that would have gone in the conversation. That, yeah. Like, I think they, I, I think it's just, um, people who are used to working in a certain format, and I think they just felt like they've they followed the formula. I I, I don't want to be disparaging and say like that's all that they're doing, yeah. but I, I think you know when they're, I think the people who are making this type of a movie and it's based on a on a on a different on different source material. So half of the work is done because they have a, a template to follow, which is the book. Right? Yeah, and then they probably say, wait, well, for the audience that we're going after, if we cover this much of it. They'll be satisfied. Yeah, and yeah. it'll get and it'll get a People's Choice Award at VIF, and because we've we've been enlightened enough. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's um, uh, it it is a criticism I have of the movie, but I, it doesn't it it doesn't make me dislike the movie. Yeah, so. I think the first two thirds of it are are really strong, and mm-hmm. and how that revelation, as as we're going to call it, because we're not kind of getting into too much detail um like just uh, just it's just handled so poorly that that it really um diminishes the, the end result i think i'm i don't disagree with you yeah yeah but i i, I think uh what it is though i would say it's an important movie yeah like uh, in terms of uh in terms of addressing the history of canada and and its relationship with indigenous people it's an important movie sure 
I just, I, I guess, I guess, again, uh, just in relating it to like having some issues with this particular movie and like the fact that it is made by a, you know, like a white, a white crew. Um, I guess, I guess, sure, this movie's important, but I hope that there are more that are told from a, a more, a, a, a group of people that are, that are more directly, that have a more direct connection to, this history yeah. and um, and can and can shed different light right. on on more of the, the nuanced aspects of it. Yeah. I, I said before I, I commend the movie for like casting indigenous people and in the story that indigenous people are helping themselves rather yeah. than waiting for a white savior. Are you are you saying like the behind the scenes in the making of it that uh, Stephen Campanelli is Kind of a Stephen Campanelli and, and Clint Eastwood are they kind of white saviors to bring the story up? Yeah, yeah. It deserves to be told by indigenous people too. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for indigenous filmmakers to actually tell real stories. Yeah, uh, based on this history. So uh, I, I I think that'll be coming. I hope. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I guess now that I think back on it, by, by saying it's an important movie, maybe it sounds less entertaining. I think it's also, it's a very engrossing kind of involving movie. So I, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, not, not entertaining in like a fun way, but entertaining in, in that it's a very, um, uh, you know, you get caught up in this movie. So I think it's, it's I, I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe it is available on, uh, on iTunes and that to, to check out if you'd like. Okay. I think it is now. Or at least it was up for pre-order when I checked. Okay. Yeah. Well, check it out. Yeah. See if you can find it on iTunes. While you're on the iTunes store, you might leave a review for this podcast. <laughs> It'll really help us um, get the word out about what we're doing. And uh, and uh, that makes it worth it so that we can do it for you, listeners. Because it wouldn't be worth it without those iTunes reviews. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be worth it if no one is hearing. Okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I guess we should wrap up this conversation. Yes. Um, so we're uh, we need to we need a reference point, right? Uh, a movie to compare it against. Okay. Did you have one in mind? Uh, maybe since we've talked about it before, kind of Satake. Very different sort of movie, but nah, I don't know. Somebody... I mean, we compare it against Face Off in the sense that that movie was also kind of a movie of the week, and it was about hockey. Oh, okay. You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's introduce it properly though. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're gonna, so we, uh, we take a movie that we can compare this against. And, uh, in this case, we're gonna compare it against, uh, the 1974, two, three. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get corrected by uh, Art Hindle about that. Um, Face Off. We're gonna compare it against Face Off, which was also a movie about a kid who gets a big break in the NHL. Yes. Um, and on uh, on that scale of comparison, what would you give it, Alexander? Uh, I'd say Face Off plus ten. That sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think Indian Horse is a Face Off plus ten. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thanks for listening. Hope you guys will tune in again in two weeks when we have another Canadian movie to talk about. Cool. 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 Until then.